0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. StevieRichardsFitness.com Join the SRF resistance today. RussoBrand.com Get the real shoot from the most controversial personality in wrestling, Vince Russo. The Voices of Misery Podcast. Support independent media and subscribe at VoicesOfMisery.Podbean.com and follow them on Twitter at VoicesOfMisery.
1: On some old Tommy Compost dice, raw shit, you know. For my niggas though. uh You underestimated greatly. Most number ones ever. How long did it really take me? The part I love most is they need me more than they hate me. So they never take shots. I got everybody on safety. I load every gun with bullets that fire backwards. You probably wouldn't lose a single rapper. Niggas make threats, can't hear 'em over the laughter. Yeah, that's cause I'm headed to the bank, nigga Take over, the break's over One God of thunder, yeah that's me, T-A-B And I'm here on H-M-G <laughs> with my man Nijago talking that next T for real Yeah, Toronto too And we are getting it out straight pronto To you, you're
0: welcome
1: My name is The Andrew Bello And I am... You're not so humble, hopes, that I happen to have a PhD in NXT. and That's
0: what makes you just you and me, me,
1: But enough about me. I'm here on the Hacker Homie Media Group and the Wrestling World Podcast Network. To
0: take NXT to that next level. To take each and every
1: one of you to that next level. level. Say
0: yeah! What don't you understand?! Nobody is ready for. To... Next level.
1: You are the John Cena of wrestling fans.
0: <sighs>
1: there is one and only.
0: Next level. I came here to take over. One, three, Next level. I need to ask myself is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it! Next level. Anything that you can do. Next level can do better. Believe it. Yeah. Just so like that. I was not home most of the day. Next oh. Okay. So So there there is possibilities that more has broken than what I've seen. I've just kind of been following cell phone updates.
1: Yeah, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm glad you said something, because I think there was like a news update I got that I didn't open <coughs> on purpose. So I could see it. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was not on suicide watch when he died Saturday, raising new questions about how government handles high profile prisoners.
0: Well. Um, did you see the thing that Stevie probably not? Cause I, I doubt if you put it on, uh, this is from an anonymous ID. Um, and it looks like it's off of like 4chan. Okay. And it says, um, not saying anything after this, please do not try to inbox me. But last night, after 4.15 count, they took him in a medical, in a wheelchair front, cuffed. But not one triage nurse says that they spoke to him. Next thing we know, a trip van shows up. what er We do not do releases on the weekends unless a judge orders it. Next thing we know, he's put in a single-man cell and hangs himself. Here's the thing. The trip van did not sign in. We did not record a plate number. And the guy in a green dress military outfit was in the back of the van, according to the tower guy who led him through the gate. You guys, I'm shaking right now, but I think they switched him out. Yes,
1: I heard this. I heard about this. Okay. That's pretty crazy. That's just. Yeah, right the switch out thing is, is sort of nuts. I mean, Billy Ray and, uh, and Shaffer kind of touched on this a little bit on Humming Media and uh, the infinite fringe.podbean.com a little earlier in the day. Yeah. The, the switch out thing is something that I didn't even think of. I thought it was just such a no brainer. You just killed this guy. Like who is he to them other than, uh, you know, a liability? Uh, I just, I don't fully understand. Maybe, you know, maybe he's got a, a dead man switch on some sort of information release, you know, something along those lines. Maybe he was going to sing. Maybe he already sang. Maybe they want to know what he told them, and that's why they're keeping him alive. If he is switched out, I don't foresee them, like, preserving him. I think they have a purpose, and then
0: they'll ultimately kill him, and none of us will know. Did you ever watch Oz? No. Um, Oz was the show about the Oswald State Correctional Facility. And uh, so the whole thing happens inside of a prison and there is some messed up stuff that goes on inside of that prison. And as soon as I was watching this thing, when it broke this morning, I was just like, damn, it's just like Oz. He's lucky that he didn't like get locked in between like a solid concrete wall or something and just never found like happened to Luke Perry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: I don't doubt there's some crazy that, was the that thing in Oz. on in here. That's what's so weird about this whole thing, right? Is that, all right, so we had the two weeks ago. There was the incident where he supposedly tried to kill himself. He claims he was attacked. He uh, supposedly told guards that was something that was coming out today. I I saw Daily Mail was reporting that. And then, so if he did try to kill himself, why wasn't he on suicide watch? If he didn't try to kill himself, why wasn't he under even extra special more protection than ever before? I was even saying I cancel this last week. I was like, they better wrap this motherfucker in bubble wrap, shove him in a closet somewhere. And like, make sure nothing happens to him. This was this was at a bare minimum. This was botched from a, from a security standpoint. This is this is a guy that they needed to protect desperately, and clearly somebody failed. And when it's this obvious, right, like that the fact that this guy should have been under lock and key, twenty four hour, you know, surveillance, and then he just kills himself when he either should be on suicide watch or at the bare minimum being monitored to the point to where he shouldn't be able to kill himself. It's all just it's all too convenient, right?
0: well, you know what's funny is is you say that you know he should have been under lock and key twenty four hours a day, seven days a week with surveillance he was he was he was but was and he? then well, he was, and then he just suddenly wasn't anymore,
1: and it's like how does that happen
0: red flag, mhm-, you know. I, mean, I
1: love I love how many people are just not buying the suicide thing, though. Like, even my mom texted me today. She was just like, I don't buy it for a second. He knew she, he knew too much about the Clintons, and I was like, yes, mom. Fucking woke as hell
0: mom over here. <laughs> Fucking Neil Cavuto at, like, 9 o'clock this morning on Fox News is just, like, the alleged suicide. Yeah. It's Clinton's like,
1: the The Clinton kill list was trending on Twitter today. Like, people don't buy this for a second.
0: We just we know better how could you we, we not know better <laughs> you know the, the only thing that that i i have to wonder though is maybe he did kill himself like maybe somebody went to him and was like listen dude either i'm gonna kill you or you're gonna kill you if you kill you it's less i gotta clean up here's the rope which way do you want to do this
1: yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility somebody had leverage on him, forced him to do something like this. There's always the, I mean, to me, he was appealing the decision, right? Like, he, he still had a possibility of walking out of there because he's got the types of lawyers that make that sort of thing happen for the types of people he is. So, there was still a possibility he was going to get off lightly at a bare minimum. Why appeal the decision if you're going to ultimately kill yourself?
0: He was facing 45 years. And they were saying on Fox News this morning that he had basically said, I'll sing like a bird to get that sentence shortened. Right. In, and in, then he ends up dead. Yeah. like, you know, And the, the the messed up part is we all want to just immediately we go to Hillary because there's such this huge track record, right? Well, yeah. But there, there are literally hundreds of incredibly powerful men in this world that would want Jeffrey Epstein dead.
1: That's true. It's very true, but it's got to be the Clintons, right? Like, I mean, let's yes, come. On, let's I'm, be fucking real about this. I think if if there was betting odds, the Clintons overwhelmingly are the favorites.
0: Yeah, I think I've just watched too much Twenty Four, so right. it's like I know that, like you know, like, you know every coming. four every four hours, you've got to introduce a new bigger, badder, bad guy, and Hillary's the bad guy at the end of the season, and I feel like we're only halfway through. Okay,
1: well, yeah, there are there are plenty of options out there, and I'm sure more and more information is going to come out as the days come on. But man, some of this stuff—I mean, you were just you were just kind of giving the rundown there with the, with the switch out—that like blows my mind. The, the <laughs> Billy Ray and Matt Shepard were going as far as talking about like a face off type situation where he literally just gets a new face, goes on doing his own thing. I mean. I would hope at this point that people are closely monitoring Jeffrey Epstein's uh, private island out there. If we suddenly start seeing some activity again, some mysterious new character moves in, no, uh, no paperwork switch on the house deed, anything along those lines, um, we might have a, we might have ourselves a case of a, a switched identity on our hands here.
0: Yeah, but that's the, that's the whole Area Fifty One thing all over again, right? It's like you know what, go ahead. Storm Area Fifty One. Who gives a shit? We all know those of us in the know. We know that there's nothing there. They That's moved true. all that shit years ago.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They're on that area, so, of, you know, sixty nine at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's like fifteen miles away from Area Fifty One. Like it's even like laid out on fucking maps where they moved the shit too. We know that they moved the shit. But it's just the people not in the know that want to storm Area 51. And as any local band will tell you, if you've got 15 million people that say they're going to show up, there's going to be about 20. It's
1: true. I I can't wait to see that whole thing crash and burn. It's going to be really fun. Um, But... There was some NXT for us to talk about tonight. Do we want to talk about that? We could keep talking about Jeffrey Epstein all night. I'm sure that can that can continue on. Uh, the the Jeffrey Epstein conversation might be better than this takeover was. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't I wasn't super over impressed about this one. Uh, usually I was super hyped for the card. As I was telling you in advance, the two women's matches. I was looking really forward to seeing what Mia and Shayna would bring to the table because I, I I couldn't quite get my teeth into this feud coming into it but I like both women we'll talk about that match when it comes up here but overall before we get
0: into it here how'd you feel about this card tonight me right like I, I the standard is so high now right so i even like a meh takeover is like a three three and a half star show to me I was telling you before we started recording, it probably doesn't help that I watched the G1 Climax this morning either. And when you have Will Ospreay taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi facing off with Kazuchika Okada, my standards were, were pretty high. That's pretty Yeah, it's a high bar. And the other problem that I had with this show is there was a lot of garbage wrestling on this show. And I, I, I want to watch incredible professional wrestling. I felt like Candice kind of stole the whole freaking show. Maybe it's just that they've, like, handled Candace so poorly that people just don't expect anything from Candace LeRae anymore, but I thought Candace went out there and just absolutely freaking killed it tonight, yeah. even in a loss. Yeah, it's hard to
1: disagree. I thought she did really well. I thought the Street Profits had uh, had their coming out party I think in a big way here. that They had just a tremendous performance against Red Dragon, which was the first match, so uh, why don't we just go ahead and hop right into that here. The the Tag Team Championship here, the Street Profits, taking on a Red Dragon. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, going into this, I was 100% sure Red Dragon was taking these belts, setting up at least the tees for the big Undisputed Era sweep throughout the night. Street Profits are up on the main roster, it appears. We might as well get these belts off of them and let them start doing their thing up on Raw, thanks to Paul Heyman. But um, this, this match starts off with... Angelo Dawkins and Kyle O'Reilly having, like, a great wrestling exchange. Like, I've, I've never seen Dawkins really performing on this level before. I, I didn't even know this was something that he was capable of. Um, then we get Montez Ford just stealing the show with his charisma on that level, teasing the, the people's elbow, then hitting the rock bottom. Hopefully he's getting all this rock impersonating shit out of his, out of his system here. But um, ultimately... The Street Profits win in a big surprise, in my opinion. Were you surprised by this, and what'd you think of this match?
0: I was incredibly surprised by this. I, I thought Undisputed Era would sweep tonight. I thought Roddy was Same. walking out North American Champion, Red Dragon as the tag team champions. Uh, I, I have in my notes too. I have Angelo Dawkins out wrestling Kyle O'Reilly. Like I can only suspend my disbelief so far. Hey, Dawkins is apparently a good amateur wrestler of some sort, no? The the thing that was ridiculous and and maybe it's just because I was watching it on my giant screen TV It it looked like Kyle O'Reilly could have gotten away from him at any given moment in time Like there was a couple of times like Kyle had to slow down so Angelo could regrab him. Yeah Kyle O'Reilly is so freaking good And, and he makes everybody that he is in the ring with just look Incredible and he did it again tonight. The only guy that really didn't stand out for me tonight was Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on with Bobby Fish? Bobby Fish does not seem like Bobby Fish since he came back from this knee injury.
1: Yeah, maybe he's a little gun-shy. I mean, this is this is a guy who's been injured twice with significant injuries since he's come to NXT, if I'm not mistaken now. So maybe he's sort of, a uh, he's kind of doing the Sheamus gimmick. You know, when Sheamus was in the bar, looked like Sheamus was a little injured. Maybe he just needed somebody to kind of share the load with him. Not that that isn't normally what Fish does, but... Letting O'Reilly shine a little bit more, taking a little bit more of the bumps and of the time in the ring and, and, and preserving Fish in hopes that he doesn't get hurt again because this faction is very much reliant on all four of them being healthy at this point. Um, we can't really have another setback for them. And. Hey, Bobby Fish can still do a little bit with the time that he's given, but yeah, you're right. He he didn't stand out quite as much. Montez Ford, man. Montez Ford, I feel like, has just got money written all over him. And uh, this was one of those nights where I feel like it shined through. Do you you see Montez being as big a star as I always seem to think he is?
0: No. No? What's wrong with Montez Ford? I don't. I don't see it with Velveteen Dream either. And before I hear 8-Track Brown screaming at me that I'm a freaking racist because I don't like Montez Whoa, Ford and I mean, Velveteen Dream. You are a freaking racist, I mean. <laughs> Let's not get carried away here, all right? But, but, he's a glorified spot monkey, dude. Like, I'm sorry, Montez Ford, he has all the charisma in the world. But he is a glorified spot monkey. He he tags in, he hits his spots, and then he tags back out. And whenever something doesn't necessarily go right, he just looks at whoever he's wrestling and he goes, help me. <laughs> he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. He just goes out there and hits his routine. And he's great at hitting his routine. His routine is great. Yeah, his routine is great. And it's the same thing with Dream. But they're glorified spot monkeys. Like this works great as long as this is Lacey Evans all over again, and everybody <laughs> oh, screamed no. at me about how great Lacey no. Evans was going to be. You know what? Lacey, Lacey Evans, Evans is going to be great. God damn it. <laughs> She's fantastic as long as she's got four fucking weeks to put the goddamn match together. When she shows up at Raw and she's got 20 minutes to figure out what she's going to do in the ring, it turns out to be a train wreck. And that's exactly what I expect from the Street Profits and Velveteen Dream on the main roster right now. If they go up to the main roster right now, I I see it as like maybe a six-week push. And then Vince is going to realize these guys have no idea what in the fuck they're doing. And we're just not going to push them anymore damn
1: it's all too real you know what I'm not even going to argue with you but street profits with Ricochet what are your thoughts on this this is an ID I was pushing on uh, Wednesday Locker room.
0: Uh, you want to talk about you, you, we're going to call them the, the, the spot monkeys the street monkeys no, no that's, we can't I call I them the No,
1: that's definitely
0: not going to um, charcoal. <laughs> can, we can't be <laughs> it's okay we're taking it back we're taking it back just like Randall did in Clerks 2 we're taking it back
1: Oh God! You know what? I just realized is that we haven't done any sort of introductions here. So this is, I guess, cancel this hitting the next level right here on hackerhammy.podbean.com, and I'm sure hitting the marks.com because you guys are fucking fancy like that. Anyway, um, I'm the Andrew Bello. This is uh, Michael Jargo at not Jargo at Bello being Bellow. That's not respectively. I guess conversely. Neither here nor there. Follow us at HackerAmin.Podbean.com. And be sure to check out our sponsors for the month, VoicesOfMisery.Podbean.com. And follow them on Twitter at VoicesOfMisery. They were on the impact attack this week. It was It was quite entertaining despite the fact that Ray was there. Did you happen to catch that?
0: Um, Not as of yet. I've been a little bit busy today. Um, However, I have been conversing with the nerd over at Voices of Misery, and uh, he's a fantastic gent, even though he is completely a nerd. But, you know, I got to admit, and I told them this, too, when I heard the name, I thought it was a raw review show.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I was saying on Wednesday Locker Room, is that we happen to just be Voices of Misery. They are the Voices of Misery. So.
0: Yeah. It's a fun show. If you haven't checked it out, check it out, because they talk about everything. Even though they were totally wrong about the Beverly Hills 90210 reboot. You want to talk about that? Not particularly, no.
1: I, don't, I, don't. Okay. I was not a fan of either the original or the reboot, but it, it just...
0: I'm i am sure Rick and I will cover that Monday in the locker room.
1: He has great taste for horrible television. Fair enough. All right, let's get back into this TakeOver card we are reviewing. After all, NXT TakeOver Toronto 2 which they haven't been calling to until Morrow opened up the night and happened to say it, so bravo for Morrow for being able to count. Beth Phoenix also thinks it's it's 2016. I thought that was worth note. Um, and then we get the ladies' match that you talked about before. Candice LeRae stealing the show. Well, you you were super before, high on this. Before, go ahead.
0: Be, before you jump into the ladies' match, I wanted to ask you, where does the tag team division go from here? Like, who, who do the Street Profits move on to next? Because... The way I see it, the only logical choice is Breezango.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like this is gonna this is gonna cue some sort of swift shift of the titles, probably early in the next TV taping. Like, I I can't imagine the Street Profits are holding on to these things for super long. I don't understand why they held on them tonight. So, maybe I'm just lost as to what the long term plans are here. But yeah, Breezango is a, is a move. I don't know if they've got somebody else in the works that we're unaware of. Or maybe a tag team that's kind of been lurking in the wings over at the performance center. But I, I, what about Forgotten
0: Sons? Are, are you
1: into oh. this Forgotten Sons thing? See, I'm worried about them because I think I'm getting worked because I hate them so much, but I don't know if it's because they have actual heat or because I'm, you know, just I just hate them I, because there's no reason to like just, them.
0: <laughs> it seems very, very flat to me. Like the whole gimmick seems very, very flat.
1: It could work if Gunner like was teamed up with people that weren't already established, like on their fourth and fifth gimmicks now in NXT, and just no one cares about Steve Cutler and uh, did, you know poor Buddy Murphy's old buddy that just got the short end of the stick across the board. <laughs> they they were a tag team that sucked, and and Buddy Murphy managed to turn it into a cruiserweight championship run in an Alexa Bliss marriage, and poor Wesley Blake got absolutely nothing out of the deal, <laughs> and now well, he's that's, a lackey. I mean,
0: It's the Street Profits, right? Like, when you watch Blake and Murphy, you knew the money was in Murphy and not Blake. It's very true. When you watch the Street Profits, the money's in Ford, and then there's D'Angelo Dawkins. And then there's Heavy Machinery.
1: You got Otis. Oh, God. Don't oh God me. Don't you dare oh God me.
0: (laughs) Tucker just brings that whole thing down for me, man. Like, I I, I feel like I run into at least four Tuckers at Walmart every time I go there.
1: I just like him because of Tuck- Yeah, <laughs> Just his name alone is awesome. Looks I want, like he should be driving a truck. I want to pair them up with Braun Strowman. Since we're not doing anything with Braun anyway, let's highlight the fact that he's actually a, a likable human being, and let's get some real heavy machinery going.
0: You're going to ruin Braun Strowman doing that as soon as he shows any kind of comedic Braun- timing hey! opposite of Otis. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, but they're yeah, not doing anything with. There's them a anyway. real, there's a real lack of tag teams inside of the world of wrestling right now. I mean, even when you look at like the independent scene for somebody for Hunter to go out and snatch up, they're just not there. And if they're a tag team that's really good, chances are they're already going to AEW. Yeah, or they're like already LAX.
1: Dead. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, too, is that we just had the uh, the breakout tournament in NXT. Maybe a couple of those guys pair up and become some sort of tag team. I don't know who it would be necessarily, but certainly enough guys in that in that talent pool there that they can make something out of it.
0: Yeah, I could get behind that. Either that or bring somebody over from the U.K., Ooh, like yeah. Maybe bring over Mustache Mountain or something. I was
1: actually thinking that. Maybe Imperium just kills uh, British Strong Style once all. Pete Dunne's already over here. Maybe they move them over here. We could build towards, you know, we got war games coming up. We know the Undisputed Era and British Strong Style have a history there. Can always uh, build towards the, the war games match that way. It'll be interesting to see how they do that, because I, I think it's safe to say the Undisputed Era is going to be on one side of the ring in the war games match no matter what. But, um, yeah, who, who did they end up fighting? I guess we'll find out in the weeks to come, but uh, can we get into this ladies match now? Sure. Let's get into the ladies. Candice LeRae taking on Evil EO. I got to say, EO was selling a little too much to the crowd here. I felt like she forgot she was supposed to be evil once the bell rang, but other than that, this match was really, really good. Um, Candice just taking a beating throughout the whole thing here, firing back as she often does, but unfortunately comes up short as EO locks in a Koji Clutch modification of some sort where she had candace LeRae's arm trap so that she couldn't actually tap out and she ends up passing out evil eo over strong mr jargo your thoughts uh,
0: i i like uh joshi judas mario rinaldo let joshi out with that judas
1: tonight. okay i
0: All thought right. that was I, th- I, I i i gotta put that towards the top of my queen of the skies uh nickname list for eo shirai uh I like Heel Eo. It, it's cute how all you silly Americans thought that she was a good girl when she got here. It's kind of the Shinsuke Nakamura thing all over again. Like, if you watch any kind of stardom, you know that she was a member of the Queen's Quest, and they're not the nice girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Heel Eo. I, I liked Heel Eo in Lucha Underground, and that's very much what her character reminds me of. I mean, down there, she was beating up Pentagon Jr., yeah. and here she's beating who I am now dubbing the gatekeeper, Candice LeRae. Um, Bello, is there a single talent inside of the entire WWE who has been more mishandled in the last year and a half than Candice LeRae?
1: One or two probably, but yeah, I I, I definitely see your point. Cesaro always
0: runs to the top of that list to me, but, um, (laughs) Candice. Yeah, but he was a tag team champion on SmackDown within that course of time that's like that's, i'm not sure candace has won a fucking match
1: no that's true and then they you know they saddled her with just the the johnny's wife gimmick for a year basically all together ignoring the fact that she's like a world-class professional wrestler on her own candace wrestling all that bullshit and then she's still kind of you know loosely affiliated with that when it's convenient but they have focused a little bit more on her in ring they have been putting her over people they've started the climb she's beaten bad and bougie she's i don't know beaten whoever the hell else she beat to get to this point and all this madness here i just i i'm concerned about this being like a long-term thing i don't know my my thinking going into this is that candace was going to win because i didn't see this being like a multi-match feud i don't know exactly what they're doing with eo but it feels like she's done just about everything there is to do in nxt at this point other than hold that title and i think that you know that torch has kind of been passed at this point. I feel like she should have uh, she should have taken it, you know, when she was when she was fighting for it to battle her way back as a heel. Now doesn't really feel right. So I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see Candice LeRae probably get this win back. I'd imagine now we are gonna continue this for a little while. Candice certainly isn't going anywhere, to my knowledge, and and it looks like Evil EO was established here with like a big win, but she'll ultimately give it back.
0: Oh, well, we 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 will talk a bit more about Candace and her future when we get to the main event and what transpired after the cameras went off of the air. Um, as far as EO goes, I'm just I'm not sure what you do with her.
1: Yeah, you know, is this going like- to be like a story of like she she became a monster, an even bigger monster than Shayna Baszler, to ultimately come back and beat Shayna Baszler? Because that's that's not a story I really want to see. To be perfectly honest, with the, with the baby faces that they've had a chance to kind of rub up against Baszler, the way that she is just such a monster, and that you want to see like a good guy come back and beat her, and 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 you know for this to be this evil EO thing, I I, I don't want to see it again. Frankly, with EO and Shayna, I think that's that's just past me at this point.
0: Well, you know what? L- let's do this. Let's talk about Baszler and Yim because the two stories kind of go together, right? Because, I mean, obviously with Baszler retaining, logically it would say that whoever won the EO versus Candace match would probably be the number one contender going into it. But, you know, this whole Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler feud, I've had a lot of issues with, man, going all the way back to the last takeover when EO turned heel, right? Right. She did it and it put all the sympathy on Baszler. In the meantime, Baszler hasn't done anything wrong. You've got Mia Yim sneak attacking the other two <laughs> horsewomen. Yep. Right. And it's, and I watched this match tonight. You mean to tell me during that match that Mia Yim wasn't working heel and Shayna Baszler wasn't working as the baby face?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you really frame it that way, I could see your point there. But I mean, I guess Baszler to me is always just the heel. I just I just assume as much as most people do. But I, I see what you're saying here is that Mi- Mia Yim is has largely been more heelish, and Shayna for the most part hasn't done anything wrong here. As a matter of fact, Mia was beating up the horsewomen before she was even like booked for a match with Shayna. Like she was just going out of her way to to be a you know a bully, um, be you I mean, know to put since, it kindly
0: since since EO turned. Has Baszler done anything heelish?
1: Not that I could think of.
0: Was that a double turn? And we just. Baszler is such a monster that we just assume that she's a heel because she has done nothing heelish throughout this entire feud with Mia Yim. She worked that match clearly babyface tonight. Are we set up for heel EO versus a babyface Baszler?
1: I don't know. know. She called her a street rat. That's not exactly nice.
0: Was she lying? Well, I mean, no, but I feel like that's I mean, <laughs> that's very triggering terminology
1: daughter, in today's day and age.
0: My oldest daughter had this great quote about Mia Yim tonight. She says, Mia Yim looks like the default creative player on WWE 2K19 until you start messing with the custom options. Yeah. Like, she is just the most generic persona that you can have. Like, she's wearing Jeff Hardy's pants. She's got on a generic <laughs> top and you turned her hair blue and you were just like all right go get her her name's Mia Yim
1: sounds about right unfortunately yeah I wasn't really sold on this feud I mean I like Mia I just don't think she was ready for this I don't think well I mean she as as a performer is more than fine for this type of role I just don't think the character really has had much of anything all of a sudden. They just, they suddenly cared. They started telling us about her childhood, as they kind of do from time to time with somebody. Like, all of a sudden, they just pull their name out of the hat. We're pushing this guy and uh, or girl, Mia Yim. They start telling us about her childhood. She starts beating up on the horsewomen. Poof, she's got a title shot. Like, all of a sudden, they, they, they put her over Bianca Belair a couple of times for... You know, all this reason. I guess I was going to say little to no reason, but it, it appears that this was the reason. And then they, she, she goes up against Shane and she loses in what was maybe a double turn that no one really noticed. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't, I don't like the storytelling here. It was nice that they had two women's matches on the card, but they had a better story for the other match. And this is the title I, match.
0: The other match was the, the other match was the better match. Candice LeRae versus Io e. Shirai was my favorite match on this entire freaking show. Uh, the, the only thing is, it, I was furious by the end because they called it a middle rope spinning neckbreaker, and then Beth Phoenix called it a middle rope spinning neckbreaker. And it's like you sons of bitches, you don't even know that that's Miss Lerae's Wild Ride. Miss like, Wild Ride. That's her finish. That is her fucking finish. And you just—that was a middle rope spinning neckbreaker. And it was like, right then, I knew EO was going over. Even though it, it was totally the wrong decision. Candace needed that win. EO gets nothing out of beating Candace LeRae. What was the fucking point?
1: Well, I think Eo needed to win this match because, you know, she just turned heel. She hasn't really had a big win since this big thing. If, you, if you're going to try and get this character over, I think, like, she had to win. Plus, you know, Candace is a babyface and an underdog at that. They lose. They, they lose all the time. And she needed to lose if they were going to continue this feud, which I wasn't fully convinced that they were going to do heading into this. But it, it, to me, it would seem that we're probably due for a rematch in both of these situations for some weird reason. More more likely than we're going to get Evil EO versus Shayna.
0: It'll be interesting to see what happens because I'm not sure that Candice LeRae is going to be around NXT for very much longer. Hey, that would be cool too. I would
1: think with EO, like, I don't know that you can move I don't know, EO up to the main roster right now with this evil thing. She's got, she's just doesn't Well, they already
0: did. EO was on Raw. You didn't see it? I did not see it. Yeah, when the Kabuki Warriors came out, they had the Twitter tags. It was at Kyrie Sane and at EO Shirai.
1: <laughs> That's yes. a sh-
0: for real. Nope,
1: you, showed, you sent me that. That was hilarious. The
0: fucking I was going to say, you
1: had be so said- confused there for a second.
0: I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? They can't even tell the damn Asians apart. You want to call me a racist? Well, just because they're
1: racist doesn't make you less racist.
0: Damn it, Bello.
1: I'm sorry. Don't don't bring your flawed logic here, buddy. This is the Thunderdome.
0: Just just because I'm a bald white guy. Just because I'm a bald white guy. You're a fucking white male.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Matt Riddle. He's a fucking white male, bro. He comes out from the crowd. He wants Killian Dane. After they were supposed to have a match last week on NXT television, that you know didn't even start basically because Killian Dane attacked Matt Riddle from behind. Matt Riddle says, "Come on out here, bro. Face me face to face, and face, and face, and bro." And here he and here he comes. Killian Dane obliges. He comes running out of the crowd too for some reason. Everybody's just in the crowd running out of nowhere. Where's the goddamn security here? It's the safety of the WWE universe is in question but nonetheless uh they have a bit of a, a bro down here these two go at it and then Killian Dane kills an innocent bystander here at the end as he throw, as Matt Riddle's in a uh, he's he's trying to lock in like a sleeper he's got him mounted on his back and Killian Dane runs off the stage with him and pulls what appears to be like a random cameraman I don't even know but that poor bastard is dead I think it was dead.
0: security you're 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 asking where was security going through a table
1: okay there was more. There was no other security. It was just this one five foot seven hundred thirty five pound goober that went through this table.
0: And no, it was not ACH.
1: It was not ACH.
0: No, I thought it was at first. I thought it was ACH. I was like, "Why is ACH out there just to go through a table?" Why not? Was not ACH. He had more hair. That's the only. That's <laughs> part of me
1: would have loved. I, I want to find out that it was a rib. Like, the whole thing that, that that guy was not supposed to be part of that, that he just got pulled into it by accident. Welcome to the show, that kid. great. He's just some kid from Full Sail.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, no, I had the same question you did. Uh, why was Killian Dane in the crowd? Matt Riddle's like, I know Killian Dane's in the building. I know he's in the back. Okay, so I expected him to come from the back. Like, he could have done this at the freaking hot dog stand. Right. They could have just like you know randomly ran into each other, like Killian Dane's getting a beer, Matt Riddle's trying to get a hot dog, bro. They should have made this a match. They should have just made it a full blown match. Well, I, I thought it was gonna be a match on next week's episode of NXT, and they were gonna shoot Fashion Police versus Forgotten Sons, and they were gonna do Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. And then we were supposed to have the breakout tournament yes. final on TakeOver. They shot the breakout tournament final before TakeOver and moved the Matt Riddle, Killian, Dane thing to the main card. So Interesting. That's what happened. I'm not sure why. But yeah, I thought the breakout
1: thing was always supposed to be on the pre-show. They, they, at least that's what they had said on, on NXT television this week. But
0: You just muted yourself.
1: Did I? Am I back? Hey, there, you're back. Hey, anyway, yeah, no, I thought that that's what they said on NXT this week, is that uh, is that it was going to be on the pre-show or, you know, next week. However, you know, they want to word it as far as the breakout tournament. I didn't know that they had that pin for, for TakeOver originally, so that's interesting that they made that move there. Uh, I wonder where this is going with Matt Riddle and Kill you Dane. I mean, it, it, it seems like they're putting some effort into this year. They didn't want to pull the trigger on the match here at TakeOver, which leads me to believe that they got some sort of, you know, bigger plan for this. Any ideas?
0: I'm curious, man, because from what I have heard, this was supposed to be Matt Riddle's takeover. Like it, it was supposed to be Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole. Matt Riddle starts running in his mouth about fucking Goldberg on social media, Ooh. and they took the match away from him and gave it to Johnny Gargano. So I don't know what's going on with Matt Riddle.
1: Yikes. Bro better uh, watch his Twitter thumbs. That'll get, they'll get you in trouble. Well, I mean, bro. Bro. I mean... Bro. Well, I made fun of Goldberg. Fucking Ziggler
0: made fun of Goldberg.
1: He's getting a match with him at SummerSlam.
0: If you can call that a match.
1: Well, it's going to be.
0: What do you think? 90 seconds?
1: I'm hoping less. Over under. I want to see at least, you know, I mean, I think it's just going to be Spear Jackhammer. I mean, really, let's face it, that's it. However long that takes, that's going to be it.
0: So we're going to bury Ziggler. Yes. And then Monday, Ziggler's going to beat The Miz. To get his win back and go 50-50, which is going to bury the Miz, too. Congratulations, Goldberg's back. Bury oh, fucking everybody. I'm so this angry. This is why I hated Goldberg in
1: 1997. It's all too real, and I hate him. The poor Miz, and he's still over despite the fact he'll lose and hasn't wrestled a match in like two months.
0: But he hosts Miz TV, and they're calling him a legend now. He is a legend.
1: He is most definitely a legend. Anyway, moving on, Uh, we had a three-way for the North American title. It was Pete Dunne, it was Roderick Strong, and it was the Velveteen Dream with the Raptors dancers coming out to do his entrance. I thought that was interesting. Um, The Pete Dunne pop was not quite as loud as I was expecting it to be in the great city of Toronto. Shame on you damn Canadians. How dare you not pop for this man? He's ma- he's magnificent. And then uh, Roderick Strong coming out to the undisputed music, uh, music for the second of three times on the night. We heard that music a lot. It was like four four times I think total because they played it at the end with Cole getting the win. Did you notice the trons
0: different for each one of them? Is it? Yes. Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird.
1: I'm just happy they didn't throw a rapper into it this time to try to uh, you know make it spice it up a little bit. They did I, sandwich I Roddy Strong Drake. in the. Oh wow. Yeah, no they're not that cool. There's no
0: When way they had when they, they had the cool Raptors way. dancers. I mean, I just figured that Drake was one of the Raptors dancers.
1: That's true. I think that's how we got to start, right? Isn't that? <laughs> it seems legit. Yeah. I mean, they did Sandwich Roddy in between Dunn and Velveteen Dream, so that they kind of like you only heard Roddy's music for a little bit and it was immediately drowned out by by Rod, by uh, Dunn coming out afterwards. But this had an interesting three-way recipe kind of written all over it to start off here. I thought this was good. I thought it was a lot of spots, though. They just seemed like there was a lot of, like, you hit me, I hit you, you hit me, I hit you, you hit me, I hit you. Everyone falls down. All right, let's do that again. And then they just kept doing that for, you know, about 20 minutes. It was fun. I mean, it was definitely entertaining. There was a lot of action. It kept you on the edge of your seat. I didn't really have any idea who was going to win. I I figured Roddy was kind of out of the running after Red Dragon had lost earlier on because that kind of took the sweep off the table the nothing but nuts call from Morrow I thought was pretty good and uh and then Dream kind of sneaking the pin here at the end this was the reverse of what I had initially thought would be the finish here I figured Roddy would steal the pin from Dream after the two of them hit their finishers on Dunn because I thought again the the UE was going to go for the sweep here that's not what happened Dream over Mr. Jarga what'd you think of all this madness
0: as far as the WWE triple threat match goes, I thought it was a good WWE triple threat match. You know, and, and the way that that works is it, it starts off with me, Bello, and Rick in the ring, and me and Bello throw Rick out of the ring, and me and Bello fight. And then when Rick decides it's time for him to get into the ring, then I jump out of the ring, just and jump And then Rick out. and Bello him. fight. Yeah, and th- and then when I decide that it's time. I jump in the ring, and Bello gets out of the ring, and then me and Rick look at each other for a little while, and then Bello gets back in the ring, and we both punch him in the face. See, this is how a WWE triple threat match works. Mm-hmm. Did that all off the top of my head. It's That's so good. fucking predictable. It is. Um, The dream entrance is what we're all going to be talking about, right? I mean, that, that they played the fucking Mounties music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they like the, <did laughs> the Mounties music. It's the Mounties. They played the Mounties. I I couldn't believe that they actually played the Mountie music and then they come out with those stupid Raptors dancers. Um, Hey, Toronto. Hey, WWE. Newsflash. Kawhi left your ass. Got out of there faster than he fucking could, man. He went to L.A., he's sitting in there underneath a palm tree, soaking up the sunshine, and all you motherfuckers, yeah, we're world champs. Bullshit. Without number two, you ain't shit. And you know it. You're going to be like sixth in the freaking east, which is awful. You don't even have to be 500 to finish sixth in the freaking east.
1: Damn, Just why you Damn, man.
0: Why you got to why? Why hate? Why you got to hate on the fucking, Raptors? Fucking Canada. Oh. They keep this shit up. They're never going to be a stand. You stain. know what? I can't... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't blame you for dumping on Canada. I just feel like, hey, you know what? People don't want to go play in Toronto because it's in Canada. It's bad enough as it is. Let them let them enjoy their championship. And, yeah. in that, and to my knowledge, they're Kawhi Leonard did not leave the Raptors because of the Raptors dancers. So I don't fully understand the correlation.
0: Well, no, they're, 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 I'm winner. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. As but far the, as the match goes, fuck this match. The match. Fuck goes. Toronto. Fuck the dancers. Fuck Kawhi Leonard, too. Sorry. Can't <laughs> I, I absolutely expected Dream to lose this match because Dream's in the 2K20 commercial, right? I, I thought that was a surefire sign that Dream was coming up to the main roster. Ooh. Yeah, that would have been interesting if they if they had gone that route. I, it's always
1: so funny because every time I feel like I predict who's coming up, when is it? when are they coming up? You figure SummerSlam, we're going to get those post-SummerSlam call-ups as it seems to be somewhat of a tradition over the last few years. Dream seems to be the guy that everyone always assumes might be coming up. He's always kind of on the tip of everybody's tongue with these sorts of things. I didn't see him. I I mean, the only reason I saw him losing again was because of the Undisputed Era sweep that didn't happen. But if you were to have told me that that wasn't going to happen, I would have said that the Dream was going to retain here. It's been a while since we've had somebody actually hold this title for any significant period of time. I think it would be nice uh, to, to have somebody go with a run on uh, for a while with this. Dream's not quite ready to carry the brand yet as far as the champion. I don't think he's quite ready to go up to the main roster just yet. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'd like the move here, ultimately. I think that, that think this is the way to go, and I'll be interested to see who challenges him next. Riddle and Killian Dane are kind of like in that ballpark of guys you think might challenge, and it looks like they're going to be busy with one another for a little while. Does Strong get another run at this? Hell, I'd like to see Pete Dunne get a one-on-one shot for this after his performance tonight. And, well, hell, his performance in general. He's fucking Pete Dunne. So, uh, there
0: was all this talk about creating a secondary title inside of NXT. And at the time, I was saying, no more belts. We don't need a secondary title in NXT. NXT is a one-hour show. And now... What's next for the North American Championship? Because uh, Matt Riddle seems like he would be the logical choice. Matt Riddle's above the NXT North American Championship. He's above a secondary championship. He should be going after Adam Cole, not Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream should be going after Adam Cole, not worrying about defending this red-plated world champion... (laughs) looking thing that it has i'm not a fan of that championship at all i i understand it's got that old school look to it that a lot of the belt marks like me it's just yeah to nah.
1: me i'm i guess i'm part of the belt mark crew i like this belt uh but i'm thinking like a keith lee or a damian priest probably you know maybe in next next kind of challengers for uh for the dream here, but I, <clears throat> I think you're right. I think he should be challenging. Um, you know, worried about Cole more than anything, or Matt Riddle. Most certainly, I think is is probably the next guy. Maybe that's the whole deal with killing Dane here is that you build him up, have him go over Dane, kind of prove that he's ready for that sort of spot, and then uh, Riddle versus Cole's kind of been something they've been teasing for a little while. They, we've gotten little bits of it, but that'll be that's a main event match. Absolutely, I think that. I think what did you work. think?
0: Did NXT need a secondary championship? Because, you know, NXT UK doesn't have a secondary championship, and it seems to work just fine. Yeah, I think NXT Ever NXT since we does, brought I that in.
1: I think NXT's roster is a little bit more kind of extensive. I, th- I also think there's guys like Dream, like Tyler Breeze, like um, Roderick Strong, guys that are n- never really going to be main champions, and they got to learn how to be mid-card champions. You know, at the end of the day, the WWE model, I think there's certain guys like that that you can uh, – that that can kind of hang around that mid-level card kind of kind of deal, and then when they move up to the main roster, and they're they're just flirting around the U.S. title or the I.C. title, like they're just used to where they are on the card. Ultimately, I mean, I'm I, maybe I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but I think you know there there is something to being. Uh, a mid-card champion and kind of carrying that belt and making it it, it, you have to go almost above and beyond to make that belt prestigious because it's not the main belt and everybody knows it so you got to do something like the miz did with the ic title and really made it the most important belt on the show because he said so and he kept winning and ultimately it became so
0: but i feel like since the north american championship was introduced The tag team division is the lowest that it's been in a very, very long time. The women's division, while it had two matches on this takeover, has been just absolutely dominated for the better part of a year by Shayna Baszler. And the main event picture consists of basically Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. What what we did is we, we took the singles men's roster and we split it in half so that we could fuel two divisions. There's only one hour of television. Like when you have five hours of television, yeah, absolutely, you need more titles. But when you only have one hour of television, you have a three-hour takeover once every three, four months. I should, I don't feel like it was necessary, and I feel like all it's done is create another division that needs television time that's hurt the other three divisions.
1: Yeah, no, I could see your point there. I don't know. I just, I, I like it for, like I said, like a guy like Dream right now. Uh, what would he be doing if not for this belt? Like would he be in a tag team randomly, just kind of be thrust into one because they need to get him on the takeover cards?
0: Why couldn't he have a two takeover program with Johnny Gargano? Why couldn't could. the the Tyler Breeze feud have happened without the North American Championship? It was just a personal issue. Why does everything have to be about a belt
1: because that's what that's what that's what wrestling's all about.
0: You wrestle to get belts. See, and I I disagree. I completely disagree <laughs> because I feel like the personal issue, like the grudge matches. What was the best match or the best match on this card? It was the grudge match. There was no belt involved. Fair enough. Just build personal programs. I don't know.
1: I like prizes. I like the element that this is all real and that these people want trophies. You know, <laughs> that's I'm still hanging on to that desperately, even though, you know, Instagram does everything it can to possibly ruin that, but.
0: Let's get into I'd like to believe it's all real and you know every once in a while somebody just wants to kick somebody's fucking ass.
1: That's fair enough. I guess that's hey. You know what? Every so often, somebody does want to kick somebody's fucking ass. But Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole—they want to kick each other's fucking ass. Johnny Gargano coming out with the Wolverine gear. I was a fan of this actually. I like I liked it said wrestling like in the Wolverine font on the on the back of his trunk. So that that was interesting.
0: You're so, such a Marvel uh,
1: mark. I'm a Marvel mark, and I'm a wrestling mark, and I'm a Gargano <laughs> mark in particular. Fucking love this guy. He could basically do no wrong, in my opinion. Having said that. I think this match was a little much um the the the, the three stages of hell stipulation i thought was a little much to begin with this was clearly something that was probably designed for gargano and champa if champa was healthy and this was going to be part of that plan uh because i don't feel like this feud ever really got to the point to where it merited something like this like yeah sure adam cole's a dick okay adam cole's a dick to everybody i don't know that, i don't know that it's an intensely personal thing with johnny gargano other than the fact that you know Gargano beat him for the title the first time around and this is the particular person he wants to be a dick to at the moment um so you know the 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 fact that this needed not only a three stages of hell match but then this crazy DNA Lethal Lockdown esque cage that we got here at the end. It was a, uh, it was Ambrose Asylum esque. It was just a way, way over the top and completely unnecessary. There was like, there was axes in there. There was conveniently placed fire hydrants that you just happened to pull down, and, and it was all rigged like it was like the Home Alone house. It just didn't make a goddamn bit of sense why it was all conveniently set up that way. And if they had just done this match as a singles match. It was the first match here, and we got a clean finish one way or the other. Five stars, but then they just went ahead and went way over the top. Gargano, I'm sorry I'm talking too much about this, but this really pissed me off with the Gargano thing. Gargano DQs himself, gets himself DQ'd in the first match by hitting Cole with a chair once. They then proceeded to have a street fight where virtually every shot that each of them took for the next 20 minutes was equivalent to one of those chair shots. It was mindless. It made no goddamn sense for him to take the loss to deal out the minimal amount of damage that he dealt out with that one chair shot. And then they battled all around the arena for another 15 minutes before ultimately he got the pinfall. And he's the babyface face in all of this, which made even less sense than it, than the initial stupid plan to begin with. I didn't like how this was laid out. I thought it was way over the top. I thought it was dragged out way too far. Am I wrong?
0: It was backwards, right? It was so backwards. It was totally backwards. Okay, but listen to the pops when they come out. Adam Cole clearly gets the babyface pop, and Johnny Gargano just kind of came to the ring. Yeah. Do you think that maybe they called an audible? Like do you think that maybe Adam Cole was supposed to get DQ'd and then go to town on Gargano and just they read the crowd response and flipped it? I really hope not. I really hope that's not how they did it. I would, I would
1: have, I would have thought that they could have at least waited until the third match to flip it. You know, let Cole do that. Let Cole get the second fall and then we get to the third fall and we can we can, you know, flip it around at that point and like and let Cole go over. If that's how you want to do it, because it just didn't make any sense for Gargano to a do it and then b to do it the way he did it for again the minimal you know sort of a reward for doing it the way that he did it. It it just was it was it was overthinking it. I think you know they they were almost trying to surprise us here with something crazy and they went too crazy with it. It just didn't make the the damnedest bit of sense.
0: Gargano has not made the damnedest bit of sense. Since Tommaso Ciampa got well, that's got true. Hurt.
1: And that, to me, that's what they're trying to do here: is that they just tried to they because Cole is so annoying and can get a little bit of heat, and because Gargano is so sympathetic here, they just tried to slide Cole right into that spot and just pretend like Ciampa is wrestling him. And you're just not you, you can't make this Gargano versus Ciampa. Nothing will be Gargano versus Ciampa. <laughs> it's it's the best, I mean- most emotional feud they've had in fifteen years.
0: But, I mean, even at the time, right, when, when the whole Gargano versus Ciampa thing was going on, Gargano was slowly losing his mind, right? Yes. And, I mean, really going all the way back to the Aleister Black thing, when Gargano was the one that attacked <laughs> Aleister Black. Like, this was a heel turn from Johnny Gargano, and he's doing, like, the whole kind of psycho Joker thing. And he's like, no, I'm the hero. I know I'm the hero. You, I, I'm Johnny freaking wrestling, right? Yeah. And... We all knew that it was like this, this false facade that he had and Ciampa completely exposed it. And the people were starting to turn on Johnny wrestling, which is the way that it was written. And then Ciampa got hurt. That all went in the trash and they tried to bring back white meat, baby face, Johnny Gargano And the crowd has not went with it whatsoever because we've never had any explanation of what in the hell happened to this crazy kind of demented Johnny Gargano. In the meantime, Adam Cole has just caught freaking fire because he's Adam Cole. He's so freaking good that people are going to cheer him. And we don't know how we're supposed to feel about Johnny Gargano because they've never freaking explained it.
1: Yeah, and even the 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 times he's attempted to try to explain it. I mean, to me, it was um, uh, I get the Joker comparisons. um, I've heard that a lot. I I always kind of thought it was more like. I don't know, I want to say like Secret Wars era Spider-Man, like right when he just got the Venom symbiote and he doesn't really know how to handle it. He's got a little dark side going. He's got a little light side going. He still tries to be the hero. He's, he's you know, he's, he's very much still Spider-Man, but he's dealing with this kind of darkness within him. And I think we need to start gearing back towards that. Maybe that's where we go from here is that he loses to Cole. He snaps again, becomes kind of the, the evil Johnny Gargano because when Champa comes back, he's a babyface. Uh, as much as we all hate you know as much as as much as heat as he was drawing and as good as he was at doing it you come back from an injury like that you're a huge fucking baby face and and if you're gonna throw him in a feud with with gargano again which you know they're gonna want to do because that's just where the money is right now um you know then then gargano' is gonna have to be the heel in all of this so
0: after the match yes yeah after the cameras go off Hunter comes to the ring and they basically all but said, this was the send-off for Johnny Gargano. There's nothing left for Johnny Gargano inside of NXT, and we all know it. The only thing that's there is the Ciampa feud, right? Right. If Ciampa's coming back, it's kind of time to get Johnny the hell out of there. The question is, what's next for Johnny Wrestling? And by association, if Johnny is leaving NXT, do you think Candice goes with him? And that's why Candice put over Io tonight.
1: Yeah, that makes that definitely makes things interesting. I don't, I, it depends on when they made that decision, right? Like, I mean, going into this feud with Cole and Gargano, with them, like you said, if if in fact they did give give this spot to Gargano because uh some stupid shit riddle did, and he was going to get this spot, then yeah, if this wasn't the plan this whole time to kind of shoehorn Cole into the chopper role like I I was suggesting before, then that does make a lot of sense that they would have him just, okay, we'll give it to Gargano. We know he's going to give us a four-star match in the main event. And, you know, him beating him means something because he's Johnny Gargano and it takes a lot to beat him. So Cole gets the rub there. Cole... It, like you said, basically becoming a babyface at, at the very very least like an anti-hero kind of, uh you know, I'm not to give the Stone Cold, you know, tweener sort of s- comparison with everybody, but yeah, he's definitely a cool heel at a bare minimum. Um, And, and maybe that... He's
0: a, more NWO than he is Stone Cold. Right? I think you're like, right. Yep. You know, he, he's Scott Hall one more for the good guys.
1: More or less. Yeah. And it, it would make a lot of sense for if, if that is the case and they decided to do all that. I just wish that Candace got I would love to see Candace actually get like the Bailey run. You know, like give her the full-blown underdog baby face. It would work a million times better with her too cuz she's half the size and she's been doing it for 15 years basically at this point like doing the doing just the underdog whether it's wrestling men or wrestling bigger women or whatever it is, she's always just that 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 sympathetic baby face underdog that you just desperately want to see overcome the odds, the little engine that could. I want to see them do that in NXT and can't and for that matter, Shayna as the champion, is like the perfect type of person. If you needed to pick somebody for her to be the champion for this David versus Goliath sort of story, I want to tell with Candace, Shayna Baszler would be you know, she's she's the prototype for that. So it would make so much sense for them to do it. But maybe you're right. Maybe they just decided, hey, Gargano's going up, let's send them up together. She'd be a nice addition to the main roster right now. Honestly, they're desperate for some women that could fill some roles. They leaned on Lacey Evans for three months, so that gives you an idea. And for that matter, Natty is wrestling for the fucking title. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a shit yeah, show mean, up there.
0: That's what I was gonna say too. You, you look at that EO Shirai versus Candice LeRae match. And coming up tomorrow, we have Bailey versus Ember Moon, who nobody cares about. No. We have it Natalia versus.
1: Like it could, it could be, be. It's got, you know, on paper. There's no reason that couldn't be a good match, but who cares? Do you
0: think that match goes over six minutes?
1: Uh, they're not going to give that
0: match time. Probably
1: not, but who knows? I mean, it is SummerSlam. They're going to have 15 matches on this card, and, and I'm sure they're not, you know. It's going to be one of those nights where if they run past 1130 midnight, it's no biggie to them. They're just whatever. That's what we're doing.
0: Becky and Natty does absolutely nothing for me Uh, like natty is basically the candace LeRae of the main roster at this point she's a really good hand you can throw in there with basically anybody and it'll be a passable match and then you have trish and charlotte and it's just like either charlotte gets beat by a soccer mom or charlotte beats a soccer mom which she should and nobody gets over
1: Right, that that that's sort of. I mean, Charlotte can get a burb stick over. I would imagine this this will at least be somewhat. She couldn't get Lacey from... Evans over. Well, that's true. They didn't actually wrestle against was, one another, th- did
0: they? They had a singles match uh. on Monday Night Raw, and I and I still to this day say that is the worst wrestling match in the history of professional wrestling on television. It was awful.
1: I don't remember it a match that bad, but
0: awful. The bar so low. Awful. Well, I mean, dude, it was one of those, like, Charlotte threw the big boot at Lacey Evans, and it got, like, two feet away from her face, and Lacey fell over. Ah, okay. It was one of those kind of matches.
1: So it was like a Shane McMahon match, is what you're saying. Hey, he's going to beat Kevin Owens tomorrow. Yeah, he is. This is it. This is going to be, all right, conspiracy theory of the week. Um, this is the beginning of the invasion angle. This is the beginning of Kevin Owens quitting, re-signing with NXT, Starting the army, leading Uncle Paul's black and yellow army up to the main roster, and lighting everything on fire.
0: I'm going Midnight Rider. Ooh, remember the Midnight Rider angle, dude? That would be fucking
1: awesome. Yes,
0: wouldn't that be gold? That would be absolute gold. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see Kevin Kevin Owens. I almost called him Steen for God's sake. How long has it been, and I still make that mistake. I want to see Kevin. I want to see Kevin Owens come back as El Generico. I want to see yes. Kevin Owens come back as Mr. Wrestling 4 because Steve Carino, his mentor, was Mr. Wrestling 3. Yeah. Like we could do. I want to see him come back as Rey Mysterio. Okay. I want to see him in a hmm. Juventud Guerrera mask. <laughs> El like, Vagabondo. I, I want to see,
1: can we have him fight, come back and fight uh, Elias as El Vagabondo? Uh,
0: I, I think it would be hilarious to see him in a La Sombra mask.
1: He can uh, come out in blackface and throw pancakes around. Oh no that's not I want to see him that's that going to work.
0: I want to see him come out seeing I'm the racist. Right. Uh, <laughs> I want to see him come out with a mask <laughs> under his mask so that when Shane McMahon unmasks him he's still wearing a mask.
1: Ooh, I want him like, to come this, out as Sting this, wearing a Sting mask over his Sting face paint. Yes.
0: Yes. Like this and uh, Shane McMahon is just good enough that he could sell the annoyance with this entire thing and trying to prove that it's Kevin Owens. This could be <laughs> at least six months. You can milk this till mania at least.
1: Kevin Owens coming out with a blonde and pretending to be Rusev um, like in a in a diaper of some sort, you know?
0: <laughs> I, we can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Kevin We're, Owens where, where, where in Kevin a Michael Owens Jackson-esque
1: bodysuit doing Nakamura's uh, entrance. There it is. <laughs>
0: Kevin Owens as Adam Rose's bunny. (laughs) Oh,
1: yes. I love this. I love this all so much. Yes. All right. But yeah, Kevin Owens is going to lose, but it's going to turn into something magical. I think I have hope and I don't know why because it's fucking WWE. I don't know why I still have hope. What's the definition of insanity? Yeah, It's, it's watching WWE every week. I think that's what it is at this point.
0: But look on the bright side, Bello. Banging your head against the wall uses hundred and fifty calories per hour and that's how we keep our girlish figures. That's okay.
1: That that explains how Goldberg is so good at keeping in shape at his age. That's that's just it's just his routine.
0: <laughs> over Gold- under number Berg. Over under does Goldberg make it to the ring tomorrow before he gives himself a concussion?
1: Uh yeah I think he's gonna take it easy tomorrow. I think uh we'll 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 hear the bang on the door, and everyone will assume that he hit his head again, but he'll really just be hitting it with his fist, I think, this time around. Maybe he breaks a hand, though.
0: They're going TV-14 tomorrow. Ooh. Does that tell you anything?
1: No, it really doesn't. It's, it's, it tells me um, that there's a stern possibility that Brock Lesnar's going to split Seth Rollins' head open like a cantaloupe.
0: Yeah. I'm going with that. And hopefully a wardrobe malfunction from the soccer mom. Ooh, I could deal with that. Is Alexa Bliss on
1: this show? Is Bliss Cross fighting for their titles?
0: Bliss Cross. Yeah, it's that's Bliss what Cross. you're calling them? Yeah. I'm calling them uh Team Hell Yeah. Team Hell Yeah. Oh, okay. I like it. I yeah. like Hell Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it's 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 the Kane and Brian story all over again. Like Vince had just kind of put them together as a joke and then realized wow, they, they really have chemistry together. We're going to keep this team together for a while. So, <laughs> When, when does Dr. Shelby come into hell this hell, equation? Yeah. Uh, yeah, fairly soon. I mean, Nikki Cross obviously needs help.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And uh, Alexa Bliss, she's a little unstable, I would say. Just a little. Typical a, millennial yeah. crazy bitch. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that, that's, that. that's my <laughs> official diagnosis.
0: That, that, that absolutely nails it. There we go. So, yeah. Um, h- how about this? Uh, this is another possibility. Um, any chance that Adam Cole fires the Undisputed Era to become an even bigger swarmy dick because they are just major disappointments. They couldn't get the job done. And, and he's going to bring in a whole new Undisputed Era to bask in his glory.
1: That would be very cool. I think I, I I could see a scenario where he is in you know he turns up the smarmy dick to maybe twelve because I think it's already at eleven, and uh, eventually the rest of them get tired of him and we get sort of like a an evolution turn situation after his next title defense he'll win they'll be celebrating they'll all come out, Red Dragon will put him up on the shoulders and then Roddy will give the thumbs down and and then they'll just all turn and we'll we'll work our way to a Cole versus Roddy feud maybe.
0: One 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 more question for you. What do you got? You, you you cut me off. Oh, I'm cutting you off. Come on, bartender. I got I got, I got one more for you. You Cut off one more. Um, supposedly Marty Skrull's contract is up in November. Who who? <laughs> Any chance does does he join his girlfriend in NXT or? does he sign with AEW and join his friends and be damned to the med card in AEW doing awful comedy?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough call. Where has Deanna Perazzo been? Is she injured? because it that's been a minute since she's been anywhere near television. She was on XT UK for a little bit. I thought that was going to be a nice little home for her and then gone like a ghost. But, uh, I would suggest that Marty could probably come over to NXT and join this Undisputed nonsense. Maybe if Adam Cole does need to get rid of people, um, you know, Marty can can be a part of this new Undisputed era, or he could replace Adam Cole in the Undisputed era, just like uh, the Bullet Club run. Like that could that happened once. That did happen that happened once happened before. Once. Yeah, they, Adam Cole died. It was it was tragic, but um,
0: I love it. they they keep teasing that on being the elite.
1: What, that, that Adam Cole's dead? Or that he might be coming back? Yeah.
0: Be, well, because they, they've signed Britt Baker, who is basically Mrs. Adam Cole. Yes. And and she's constantly like, can we address the elephant in the room? <laughs> like, You guys killed, killed my, my boyfriend! <laughs> <laughs> wow. All
1: right. So, yeah, maybe Marty comes over. I mean, yeah, I, I would like to think that he... It, it, as much as i don't think he'll have like a real big chance like i don't think he'll be NXT champion i don't think he'll make it to the main roster and have like this big crazy run but i do still think he'll have more long term success and probably make more money doing what he was doing here over an NXT and eventually a WWE than the AEW thing uh, like you said he'll end up in the mid card kind of doing nothing he'll be putting over jungle boy in the next 6 months to a year and i mean that's don't you fine don't be
0: hating on jungle boy oh, fuck jungle don't boy you okay you on oh, jungle no, boy.
1: listen listen I'll hate on Jungle Boy if I want to hate on Jungle Boy. Now, to be perfectly honest, I have no idea whether or not Jungle Boy is anything worth a fuck. But, um, yeah, that's that's the type of thing he's going to be doing over there. I mean, it's MJF is already occupying that mid-card mega-heel spot right now. So, like, well, what's he going to do? Is he going to be the villain up against MJF doing, like, babyface villainry up against, <laughs> you know, mega-rich super-dickishness of, of MJF? I don't. I don't see a good spot for him. He's gonna end up in death matches with fucking Jimmy Havoc. Who wants that?
0: Go to NXT. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I agree. Go to NXT. Go to NXT. I think Marty's a main event main event talent inside of NXT. I think in AEW he's just another guy.
1: Yeah, I hope they. You know, I hope I hope he comes over and they they pretend that him and Diana are not. Dating so that she doesn't get the Candace LeRae treatment for the next eighteen months. Although it might get her on television, so it's you know, pick your poison.
0: Every good villain needs a good villainess. It's true,
1: and she is a she's a virtuosa. It's kind of snobby and obnoxious as it is. the The villain and the virtuosa. Oh, so, there you go. There it is. There you go. I'm down with it. Okay, Marty, Marty Skrull, come on over. We'll take it. Whoop whoop. I just like the whoop whoop. Fuck this shit! I only like the in-context whoop whoop. Whenever the fans start whoop whooping when Marty is not to, anywhere to be found, that's when it pisses me off.
0: Yeah, that that, that drives me insane. All right, that brother. That absolutely drives me insane. We had a
1: takeover overall. I mean, I know we kind of gave our pre-thoughts beforehand, but well, what did you think? Did you give it a a, a face slap rating for that matter? I know you tend to do that.
0: I'm 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 like three three and a half. You know, I I don't think this was in the upper echelon of takeovers. There was a lot of really, really good wrestling on this show. But there was also a lot of breaks in psychology that just didn't make any sense. I thought there were some booking decisions that didn't make any sense. I'm curious to see where NXT goes out of this because the – World title picture, obviously, Tommy Entertainment has been rumored that he is going to be returning sooner than later. So I I look for Ciampa versus Cole, possibly, in uh, Chicago. Um, Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle, potentially, in Chicago. The tag titles are wide open. The women's championship is wide open. Yeah, it is It is sort of left
1: open-ended in a way where I'm definitely excited to see what's going on. This is sort of why I hate the Hangover episodes. Like, I really wish that next week we would be getting some answers to some of these questions. And we will, and, like, little promo clips and this, that, and the other thing. But um, I, I want to know, like, what's going on? Who's our number one contender for all these belts right now? Because it's not really an obvious answer.
0: Uh, overall, as far well, as well, the... Go ahead. I was going to... Speaking of Hangover Toronto... That's going to be the return of Brizongo. It is. Did you did you see the the promo that they cut backstage on WWE.com? <laughs> that that Fondango. He was he was in too deep. He had to get out. He was in too deep, Breezy. And, and we we have to reimagine Breezango.
1: It is Breezango I'm, I'm, I'm re- reimagined. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what the fuck does that mean? I
1: don't know, man. It's gonna get real weird real quick. Um, but the fact that they they you know Fondango seems to think Tyler Breeze's fashion sense is whack, I, I got to question his judgment. He's Prince Pretty. I mean, he's
0: king of cute. bull.
1: I'm not exactly a fashionista myself, but uh, I know people who are good at fashion. It's like I can identify those t- sorts of things. The the furry boots, man, they're in. They're so in right now. <laughs>
0: I, I will take your word for it. I've we don't a, have a whole lot of. I've got I, a few I pairs. I just New don't Jersey, wear them. I imagine in New Jersey, you know, that people walking around in furry boots on the boardwalk is just, you know, oh, it's just regular a occurrence.
1: Day. Absolutely. In
0: Iowa, I'm you worried. wear furry boots, man.
1: I'm worried. Uh, I know worried. what they say. I'm worried Breezango is gonna have an abrupt split and turn into some sort of awkward feud down here in NXT. I'm worried I'm worried Fondango is going to turn and join the Forgotten
0: Sons. I'm hoping that Fondango does in fact turn, and I'm hoping that Tyler turns with him, and we just get Tyler Breeze and Johnny Curtis as a tag team that are just bitter
1: as fuck old guys that are that are pissed that they have to be back down there. <laughs>
0: It sounds like a fantastic angle for both of those guys.
1: Yeah, that would work. I'm just, I, I, I see Johnny Curtis, kind of. I, I could see him joining up with the Forgotten Sons. He's got a few tats. He's, he's a little bit more clean cut. He's a little more Jack than than usual. Um, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about my boy. Well, he's Talibris. on the Triple H diet. He is on the Triple H diet. It's the only way you get noticed around there. So it's hard to blame him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go along with the with the overall card. I think I'll probably give it about a three and a half. Like the first two-thirds of this card I thought were really good, and then it just sort of kind of flatlined for me as far as the the, the two title matches at the end there. I wasn't super pumped about Shane and Mia. It was a little bit better than I was expecting, but still nothing, like, wow-worthy. And then the main event, like I said, I thought it just went a little too long. It was a little too convoluted. A little too hokey for me. It didn't need to be. These guys can wrestle. Let them wrestle.
0: Fifteen minutes and fifty-eight seconds.
1: Yeah, it's like a goddamn, you know, Wrestle Kingdom main event except again way too hokey way too gimmicky way too unnecessarily long here I just I, I, th- I thought the first even the first third of this match was fantastic if we had just gotten a clean finish to that and this was just a one-on-one match I'd be praising this to high heaven four and a half five star match as they tend to do but man it was I was like falling asleep I literally fell asleep at some point between the second and third fall because it was just too much and you're just waiting for that end that you know the second fall is so fucking useless. In in the two out of three fall matches, the second fall should just be, like, instantaneous. Fuck the kayfabe. Just stop dragging this shit out for me. Like, just let's just go right into it. We know it's going to go down to a third fall anyway.
0: Two out of three falls matches in NXT. 50 minutes and 58 seconds. Two out of three falls matches on Monday Night Raw. Yup. Six fucking minutes.
1: Six minutes. And that's what six guys sometimes. They're doing two out of three fall six-man tags for no reason whatsoever, there is zero demand for two out of three false useless six-man tags on Monday Night Raw. Zero. They're listening to the fans, though, Jargo. They're listening.
0: Sure they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I believe you, which makes us both liars. Absolutely. Anyway, you know who is listening to us? You guys. And thank you for doing so right here on hackerhowmean.podbean.com and HittingTheMarks.com, I, of course, have been your not-so-humble host, the Andrew Bello, your resident god of thunder, at least over here on Hamid Media Group, and apparently the Infinite Fringe. I don't know about HittingTheMarks.com. Maybe they have their own god of thunder. Maybe it's this guy, Mr. Michael Jargo, at Not Jargo Jargo, thank you for joining me. As always, I love doing these takeover breakdowns and having you aboard. As always, tell the people all of the wonderful things that you've got going on.
0: Um, all the wonderful things that I've got going on, you can find over at hittingthemarks.com, hackerhameen.podbean.com, Mondays, Inside the Locker Room. We're going to have your full karate wrestling review. G1 Climax will be coming to a close <laughs> early Monday morning, and Huckleberry and I will be breaking down the A Block Final, the B Block Final, and then the G1 Final. We're going to know—this y- y- is one of the things I love about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Bello— On let's see what is today. Today is the tenth. So by the twelfth of August, I am going to know the main event for January fourth, two thousand and twenty. That is pretty far in advance. And we're going to build to it for months. I love it. WWE gave us The Rock and
1: Cena a year out,
0: and that was how long ago.
1: It was a while ago, and it was
0: unnecessary
1: at that. Just didn't
0: need to be done. And they were both around for about fifteen dates. But they were we home. John but they. But this
1: is their home. They've come back home. They're never gonna leave their home. Wait, who?
0: Who are these guys? Where are they? You know what's funny? I, I actually just heard. I think it was Bruce Pritchard was talking about that promo. It's just when, it was when so Rock came out and cut that promo. It was the week that Austin went home. Like, we talk about, you know, writing for one person. That promo was directed at Stone Cold Steve Austin and nobody else. Yikes. And they brought Rock in to prove, hey, we've got other big stars. We don't need you here.
1: Well, joke's on them. Because they could desperately huh. use some big stars right now. They don't have any of them. It's, they yeah. got Goldberg. Goldberg. He's the baddest Jew on the planet. Poor Dolph Ziggler. It's just not going to go well for him. Anyway, uh, this has been our home, and we're not leaving. This is our home, ladies and gentlemen, right here on hackerami.podbean.com, hittingthemarks.com. This has been canceled this, hitting the next level. May uh, Jeffrey Epstein rot in pieces and uh, may, may the maggots get eaten by even more disgusting creatures, shat back out, and then um, sprinkled back upon his grave in some sort of cyclical fashion of disgusting recycling anyway fuck him fuck his face that's what that's what i gotta say and if he's still alive double fuck his face somebody kill him okay somebody put that down there anyway <laughs> um takeover was good this has been again canceled this hitting the next level there's a lot of stuff going on there i'm the andrew Bello. that's michael jargo if you made it this far you are a brave brave soul and i thank you ever so much for joining us on this journey we'll talk to you guys next takeover peace
0: Yes, it is I, Bin Hameen, commanding all of you to join the wrestling revolution, the underground of media, and follow our brothers at Voices of Misery on Twitter and subscribe to their podcast because they support hackerhameen.podbean.com and you will go support voicesofmisery.podbean.com because there is no more misery when you leave those FM Mark channels and you join the media underground of Voices of Misery and hackerhameen.podbean.com Rise and praise your law. <laughs>